Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. On this episode, the guys talk about life on a more personal level with and without Tourette syndrome. We hope you enjoy the show. So I'm pretty much chronically sleep deprived now with the puppy. Mm. Yeah. Welcome to parenthood. (laughs) I can relate a little bit now. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's probably similar. You probably have to wake up a bunch of times in the night to take him outside Mm -hmm. or outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming you don't have to do the same thing with the baby. (laughs) yeah i don't take them outside <laughs> but, uh i mean yeah up probably what three times a night you gotta wake up three four times a night yeah yeah constant and, howling and crying at night because yeah. of the crate also like babies yeah 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 well we so can start her up right now man if you uh if you're good yeah. yeah so today i thought that uh maybe we could just uh talk about ourselves um yeah okay introduce ourselves at a more personal level um separate from our Tourette syndrome which is funny because it's like um in reality it's probably you know what i i almost never talk about it outside of other than to people because everyone around me knows about Tourette's and that kind of stuff but i I almost never talk about Tourette's Mm -hmm. but now i talk about it more than ever with the podcast because it yeah, doesn't affect yeah, exactly. me like barely at all anymore. I mean, you might think it would if all you listened to was the podcast, but in reality, it's like it barely affects my life now. Right. And that's the same with me. I mean, it affects affecting meaning uh, it doesn't like I don't think about it. It doesn't stress me out anymore. You know, I still have the ticks, but yeah, like it doesn't really cause me any issues anymore yeah and yeah. i think that it's important to uh for other you know kids that might listen to this or the parents like that oh yeah we talk about it a lot on the obviously on the podcast and so people might think that that's what like we talk about it this much we don't yeah and uh our lives are pretty normal and i, I wanted to just kind of get into that like it, it's possible to just live normal lives even if you don't grow out of your ticks like some most kids do um, like you and I, we still have ours, but we still get yeah. it on, uh, just fine. Yeah. Most people either completely grow out of it or they end up with a, a drastically reduced case of ticks. And that, that's an important thing to highlight. I just, you know, I, I want to recognize for sure, before we get into other stuff that it is normal for it to be your whole life when you first get diagnosed, but you're kind of working towards, like the more that you talk about, do do the things that we talk about, like owning it and talking about it with other people, the more it's going to become 
less of a thing and more of just mm. what it is. Yeah, less. It's definitely less um, impactful on your day to day life, and and that's probably the the goal, I guess, uh, the end goal. So yeah, I kind of wanted to just say, you know, talk about how the, what the outcome of us owning it has essentially yeah. been. You know, like sure, show some light at the end of the tunnel for for people. Yeah. Well, I can uh, I can like interview you first, then you can you can do me if you want. Well, I, I'll let me start with you because I think because <laughs> I know that you have maybe some you know some good stuff to share. Sure, um, sure. So okay, so uh, you know, let's just. That was both of us fighting for more time, but yeah, I can I can go ahead and do it. <laughs> no problem. Okay, okay. Well, so your life now, as you see, you know, if you took a snapshot of it now versus um i don't know let's say five years ago yeah are you where you thought you know five years ago if you if you look at that if you ask that guy would he think that you would be where you are now and um what do you think is different about that future picture and um what do you think is the same well um, I'll use, I'm going to change your metric a little bit and say like eight years ago, because eight years ago was, I was 17. So I'm 25 now. I was 17, eight years ago. And that was, my trust was really bad. I did not talk about it and, um, or I didn't talk about it as much or really only my family and good friends knew. So it was, it was not something that I, that I really owned much, but yeah. So, so I mean, so back then, the, the biggest thing in my life was, to be honest, it was like video games. And um, I didn't work out at all. I didn't have much ambition or drive, um, which is kind of like, if you look at me now, I'm like the polar opposite of that. I'm very driven, very motivated, work out all the time. You know, I'm very healthy. I, uh, I live like a, a very disciplined life. But um, all of that came from like a positive feedback after a decision I made when I was 17, uh, which was to basically just, you know, it was like an epiphany moment at three in the morning. I was very overweight. I was like 250 pounds. Um, and uh, this is quite a funny story. I'm not sure if I shared it on the podcast yet, but I'll share it. So why not? Why not? So I, I was living um, where in the same town that I always grew up in, which is uh, in, in rural Ottawa. And, um, I was looking down at my belly as I was playing video games and I couldn't see the floor in my chair. Yeah, yeah it was really big. I wasn't like, I wasn't crazy. I was the same height as I am now, 6'1". So I wasn't like, like big, wide. I was always, I always played sports and stuff. I just let myself go and I ate really poorly. I didn't actually, so I was sitting back like, like this, like leaning back in my chair and I just couldn't see like the floor very well. It was like a big gut. And I was just disgusted with myself. Just to, that was three in the morning. So at three in the morning, I took my, I knew that the source of it was video games. And with people with threats generally have a more obsessive personality than, than people without it. So I'm definitely one of those people. Like if I take something up, I'm, I go with it. And the same thing goes with like working out or, or eating well or uh, studying something, playing guitar. Like it's um, all or nothing. And that's what I was towards video games when I was younger. So I 
took my computer, my monitor, and I threw it in the garbage. It's like $2,000 threw in the garbage because I'm extreme like that. And uh, that was, you know, I probably kind of sold it would have been a better move, but that was like a really <laughs> big moment in my brain where I was like, done. I worked out that yeah, it's morning. Kind of, it's one of those things where if you, um, waited and it, it's called, it's called a, it's like a theory of it's called coupling, okay. right? Where one thing that you do, you only do because it's directly associated with the other thing. And so, um, like for example, when you made that decision to stop video games, yeah. um, you had the monitor there. And so you use it, like if you kept the monitor there, it was like yeah. the coupling would have been how you felt about yourself in that moment and getting rid of the computer, like would, yeah. stop, would stop it. If you left it and put it online to sell or something, you would have probably changed your mind Yeah. and kept playing. Probably. Yeah. And nothing would have changed, right? And that's something that a lot of people are addicted to. So I'm really happy that I broke that habit when I was that age, because like a lot of people fall, fall to that. And yeah, so I got rid of it. I started like researching how to work out. I remember working out that morning. I got like literally at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> I worked, I worked, I like worked out, you know, back then it was like, I couldn't even press the 20 pound dumbbells um, for two reps or for one rep. Even. Couldn't get them off my chest. And I was just doing it from the floor. So I had to take one 20 pound dumbbell and, and press it like that. And I was a big guy. Wow. So I was, I was pretty weak. Um, and I got a gym membership the next day. Um, and I ate chicken, rice, and broccoli for like six months and lost 80 pounds. Wow. And uh, nice. like, just never looked back, ran marathons, half or anyway. So that, that would be a huge thing. So that's why, you know, I'm such an advocate for, for physical health and training um, mm -hmm. in terms of Tourette syndrome. Mm -hmm. That would be the, the biggest thing that changed, I would say, my life as a whole, like, but but definitely how it changed my my syndrome would be physical training and and diet um so yeah i mean back then i didn't really have much much ambition um i didn't know what i wanted to do and that was a lot that had a lot to do with uh anxiety that i had back then like it does with a lot of people and looking like no i, I wouldn't uh i wouldn't think that i was here you know i met my my girlfriend then when I was 18, um, and she's now my fiance, and we're, uh, we bought a house together. We, you know, we have a dog, new dog. Like we're doing really well now. And I think if I knew I was going to be here back then, I would be stoked because I had no idea where my life was going. Um, you know, in terms of employment, that was a challenge for me um, because I I am somebody who is kind of all or nothing and. And if I have a job and I like, or if I want to do a job, I'm going to do it like incessantly and to the best of my ability. And, or if I care about it. So like in my job, there's lots of things I don't like, right? So I, I basically work um, enforcement and security and then um, volunteer firefighter um, or part-time firefighter. And uh, um, that's kind of going out the way now and everything, but um in my job, there's a lot of things like report writing that I don't like doing and, and that kind of thing. But because I care about it, I do it and I do it well. But when I was younger, working for a Canadian Tire as a sales associate or, or a supplement store, I, I didn't care. So I, I wasn't super successful in my employment. And then, you know, I joined the military um, when, I was, when I was 19. 
And uh, that was a very beneficial thing for me uh, in terms of like, they make you do a lot of jobs that you don't want to do. And right. even if you don't want to do them, if you don't do them well, you get jacked up. <laughs> so that yeah, kind of taught yeah. me that, you know, that kind of taught me uh, or instilled like work, that in work me. Ethic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even like, cause it's like, it's more just, there's going to be things in your life that you don't want to do. And you have to freaking do them. Just, being, you know, I guess taking pride in everything that you do. Yeah. Taking pride in everything that yeah. you do. Exactly. Even um, if it's cleaning a toilet or whatever, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that too. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't, it just, it gets in the way of everything. And that's what they teach you, at least in boot camp. And um, yeah, I mean, overall, man, I, you know, I do a ton of stuff now that I would, you know, I, I do a lot of community work outside of the threats in the community as well, like big brother, big sister, and uh, we're mentor youth and um, some, some speaking stuff, but there's not, a, there's not, there's no way that I could have force, foresaw where, where I want, where I am now from where I was, because I was quite hopeless. And I didn't take any ownership of my life until that, literally that one morning when I was 17 with a computer, and that snowballed into living a more positive life. So um, for me, yeah, fitness was yeah. massive. It's crazy how one, one seemingly um, easy or small decision eight years ago can change the whole trajectory of your future right so completely man complete what i wanted to be like i had a rough idea that i was going to be like some sort of like graphic designer slash video game designer you know that's well and fine um but that just couldn't that occupation couldn't be further away from my current occupation it's just yeah. funny how, how that happened and you found, I mean, if you were a video game designer, you'd be sitting in front of a screen mm -hmm. for 20 hours a day. Um, whereas now your job that you actually went, the path that you went, you get to be more physical. Which and is if I was, to you. I, my, my fiance compares me to a dog sometimes because I am so active all the time that like I walk, I walk myself three to four times a day uh yeah. work out you know i mean like i that's what i need and if i'm in front of a screen like this is the most screen time i get all day uh, like mm -hmm. um i you know we barely watch any tv at my house it's, it's not because it's like i don't like screens it's just more because sitting down and watching or You'd looking at screen, other stuff it's not even that it just jacks up my dress and it makes makes uh makes me restless so um yeah and, and of course that like it does make you that was a decision that i made too when when i threw out the computer it was like less time engaged in online activities more time engaged in personal development and reading and guitar and mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff yeah so um from now if you were to you know five years in the future where would you want to see yourself? What I care most about, at least, uh, I can only forecast now, but if I can, if I can keep evolving, you know, in, in my current phase, I just want to be better, uh, better to my, to my fiance. I want to, uh, you know, set myself and, and my family up, um, in terms of finances and 
you know, continue to do the things that I do now, but, but get it, get it down to a T, you know, set, set my schedule up such that I do play guitar and camp and go outside and, and uh, do things like that, that I find so much pride and joy in, in uh, hot little small hobbies like that, uh, that aren't particularly flashy, but um, that's like my, my serenity now it's just, you know, guitar outdoors. And then I, I'm very, very proud in my work and my, my uh, drive to do a good job. So that is another avenue in which um, I hope to, to do well, but that, you know, the, all those things are very, very interconnected. Yeah. And I think that reflecting on this kind of stuff too, um, for people that are listening, like just, just reflecting on, on what you could change to get to where you want to be or thinking about where you even want to be. And that could help the, the hopelessness that you were talking about, you know, like something that's like, interesting. Go ahead. Well, something, you know, being feeling stuck or feeling like this Tourette syndrome is, you know, yeah. right? it's like, that's not really the case. If you can just see past that, um, you can work your yeah. way. Out of it. It's a good point. I don't think about that very often, but I am very grateful um, for the way that my life has changed because when mm-hmm. I was that age, it was all that I, I was, it was a burden is what it was. It was like a, a weight. Right. And, and yeah. yeah, could not be like, that is so far gone now where it's, I'm actually, I only have gratitude for Tourette's syndrome because I think it, yeah. like if you go back to the first podcast and listen to the first uh, little spiel that I said, um, that was, yeah, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. grateful for it because it's helped me in a lot of ways yeah yeah so for me I mean I think that um I'm grateful I'm more grateful for the uh you know the doctor the psychologist that I ended up finding and and the Tourette uh, Ottawa group yeah that's really what changed the trajectory for me so why don't we flip the script and uh, talk about you for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. Well, mine is a little bit different than yours because um, I didn't know about, obviously I didn't know about my Tourette's until later on. And yeah. um, so I just, I mean, rather than feeling hopeless, uh, I kind of just tried to escape it by always being out with friends you know, always going to parties, like always not, not being alone. I just tried not to be alone because that's when it, it always got worse my tics and, mm. and, you know, not being able to sleep and this and that. Um, yeah. And that's why it got really bad around, you know, school exams and stuff like that, because, you know, trying to get a good night's sleep and you're just tossing and turning and your tics are going crazy. And, but, um, so I kind of just avoided it. And that put uh, put my like plans uh, to a almost you know to a halt. My I had always wanted to be um, a lawyer since I was a kid, since I was in high school, and everything that I did in terms of my university d- a degree that I got and my college and everything was kind of on that track. But I didn't do it as well as I could have because. I was avoiding, uh, I just couldn't, you know, cause I was, I was, a, there was that barrier, which was the ticks and the stress and not being able to do my best because, um, 
of how hard it was. Like, I guess, you know, going into an exam and I, and I mm. quit ticking and stuff. Didn't know why. Um, so I just avoided it. So I just did what I could. I just did my, you know, go in, do, do what I can. And, uh, and, that, and that sucked, but I didn't realize that was the case until. So you didn't like live up to your, your potential. No, definitely. At that not. time. No. And, um, it was after, you know, I got diagnosed and then I still, uh, kind of, you know, avoided that avoiding accept the, you know, accepting that. I didn't own my Tourette's, but once I did, and, and this was like only a couple of years ago, um, a few years ago where I just, I said, like, you know, I want this to be dealt with. And I went and I saw my doctor yeah. and, you know, and in that one appointment, that one decision to go and see him. Uh, and, you know, so before that you got diagnosed in college or university. So you were yeah. what, 21. I was uh, 19. Or you were 19. Yeah. Um, so you know, that from then till you know a couple of years ago, what was going on? Yeah, so I still uh, had a good job. Like I was, I was still working at a law firm, and I was, so I was, I was in the environment that I wanted to be in, um, but I just wasn't at the level that I wanted to be at, and I knew that I had so much more potential. Um, and the, and then one of the biggest problems was that. Uh, you know, I had always looked at the LSAT test like it was like this demon because of how hard, uh, how much I struggled with tests. And, you know, my mom had, had always been like, oh, you know, like, when are you going to write your test? When are you going to write your test? But uh, for some reason, I, I just couldn't because I knew that I was going to yeah. blow it. Uh, and then so I finally, after I got treatment, like, and I started to... A couple years ago. How, yeah, uh, in 2019 and kind of how to... Um, like the breathing techniques under stress and, and whatnot, I was actually able to like properly study for that. And then when I, um, when, when I realized that I could do it without the ticks and Tourette's getting in the way, and then it really motivated me to start doing uh, the right things that I needed to yeah. do in terms of my career for that to go uh, in the right direction. And so that's yeah, you've been getting still, after it recently. Yeah, I'm still going in that direction, working hard at it. And it's it's gonna all come all the work is gonna come to fruition hopefully in the next month or so. I'll find out yeah. some stuff. Um, but also, you know, my family, um, I've been able to because I was able to kind of get my uh my shit together, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got a better better job. So, you know, my 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 newborn son, like, you know, we can support support him and money's not an issue anymore because I've been able to get my career on track. Um, I have a really good job now even. And yeah. that's just all because um, I was kind of stuck in a rut for a few years, but then once I got this all sorted and I had my confidence back, Yeah. right? Like you were saying, so and huge, man. got out of that. Um, I was just able to excel at work. I was really able to, uh, to launch myself ahead and, and now yeah. In the last couple of years, it's just really everything's turned around for me. The confidence and the um, the potential and the confidence, I think, are locked together really like a lot. And until you own and really like head first take on your Tourette's, you can't get the confidence to move past it. Yeah. And once you do, like, 
you know, then you feel, um, you feel like, you feel like you're where you, you know, where you should be, or yeah. you have the ability to get there. And that's a motivating factor for sure. 100%. 100%. Right. That's Otherwise, interesting. So like, sorry, go ahead. No, you, it's okay. I was going to say just, um, I'm just going to touch more on the potential thing. Like I was just, I've been thinking about it since you said it pretty much. And like you said, um, like you, you felt like you had so much potential, but like you couldn't, mm-hmm. you couldn't do it. I had that same thing too, where I was like, I have, I feel like I can do more that I'm not doing. And none of that came to fruition until, um, I just basically took the reins. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I, I always, my family and my friends and people would be like, Oh, you know, you, you're the, like, you're definitely going to be like a lawyer. You're so smart. Like you're the smartest guy I know, like all that kind of stuff. And there was some disconnect between why is it that people are thinking this about me or that's the way that uh, I, you know, present myself to them. But when it comes to translating that on into grades or onto a test, well, like, why do I, why can't I do it? Like, why do I know all this stuff? I know all the material but I can't get an A on this test. And, and, you know, it was really, really frustrating. And, and it caused me to, you know, kind of give up. Like I said, like, I just, I would just say, okay, whatever, I'm going to go into this test. I'm not going to waste my time uh, on this exam studying for it because I know what the outcome is going to be. And then, and that was kind of like, I wish that I knew about my threats then. And well, I did know about it, but I didn't, but that was all it was. It was like, yeah, you have this, there was no, um, outreach for help or they didn't tell me anything about it um so i didn't i wish that i went and got some sort of accommodations or you know some sort of help it really changed everything for me too yeah so you're basically just like you weren't being proactive you're just reacting to you just got Tourette's and then reacting to how you felt and reacting to your circumstance instead of really like doing something about it yeah yeah it's interesting. So what, like, I have a question for you. What did your schedule look like? Cause I have a rough idea, but for, for like running over again, you were preparing for your LSATs. Can you just like, when you were doing that, can you run over your, your life? Cause it was insane. Oh, yeah. Well, so at first, uh, when I first started doing it in 2019, um, I was, yeah, I was working full time. And then on my lunch break, I would um, go to a coffee shop and go over material for an hour. And then I would come home. Um, I would try to work out. And this was all before, um, obviously before my, the baby was born. So, yeah. um, and, and my fiance, uh, you know, at the time was in nursing school. So she wasn't living. She was, she was out of town a lot for school. So um, I had a lot of time at night where I would just, I would just, you know, try to study right. and <clears throat> I spent a lot of time on it. And I wrote the test and, um, I did bad, bad, badly on it because I wasn't really studying properly. I found a different, like, I guess, coach. It was a podcast actually that I found. And these guys really changed the way that I, cause I could listen to them explain yeah. it rather than have to read it. Uh, and it really changed everything for me. And then, so, yeah, it was, I, you know, the baby was born at this point. I was studying on my lunch break. Yeah. This is kind get, of, this is the time that I know about, which is just yeah. bananas. Yeah. The baby was, so I was working full time. 
baby was born um i was yeah i was trying to mix in an hour at least an hour at lunch try to get an hour after the baby would go to bed and you're working uh, out during this time i i was working out except it was different because of covid so i wasn't yeah. going to the gym i was just uh you know kind of getting after that home yeah just doing some running or whatever i could do but um i was very tired through all this time because yeah. it was so much going on all the time. And uh, and then, yeah, I mean, and then right after we started the podcast, um, what, a couple months after that, I think in June, yeah. I actually, I wrote the, my last one and and I and I killed it. So it all paid off. All the, the work paid off. That was a great day to see yeah. the results, right? Because that's, like, yeah. I think back to my myself when I was, you know, 19 and... I remember my mom paid for me to take this really expensive LSAT course. It was like, you know, $2,000 Yeah. and it was a big deal, but I, uh, I had absolutely no confidence and no yeah. faith in myself. I just kind of let that go to waste. I didn't even really yeah. use it. I felt yeah. so bad that she gave me this as a gift and I yeah. just, you know, shit it away. Yeah. So getting, so getting the results of my test, um, in June, that's a big moment. It, it, it kind of it kind of validated you know the whole like the last 10 years that i could, yeah. could have done it you know nothing changed awesome. about my intelligence or my iq right it's just it was the it was the effort and that was that was the difference it was just effort so and a bit like it's almost like effort is behind the wall of con well it definitely is behind the wall of confidence and uh yeah, confidence really, because um, you have this potential. You know, you you know what you need to do. Like if you're 23, and 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 I asked you, like, hey man, what do you think you need to do to to, to be successful in the LSATs? Mm. You probably would have been like, well, I should study. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Right, but then there's just something getting in your way. Knowing what to do, doing it, and then doing it well are all like mm. different beasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and fi you found the listening. Yeah, exactly. Like I was, I, so I was putting in the time, um, I decided like you did where you threw out your monitor and started, let's go, um, this next goal to lose weight. Yeah. Right? You did that and it worked for you. You did it. You ate properly. You worked out when I made, so my light bulb moment was kind of, um, right. Like I really have to put the work into this because I really want it to work out for me. Um, yeah. and that I wasn't doing it right. I put in the time but it would basically be like, you know, like um, if you were working out, but then going and eating a cheeseburger after every time uh, it's redundant because I was spending the time, but not doing it right. So it also, that discouraged me more, but then mm -hmm. also made me uh, want it more, I guess, too. Like uh, I knew that I could do it. I didn't know how I had to, I, I just had to, you know, find a different way. And then luckily I did. And, then it changed everything. So if like, if you want something bad, you just got to go after it and eventually you'll, you'll figure it out. And the easy path is to just say, I have Tourette's. I don't have, I can't do very much in life, but there are freaking neurosurgeons and pilots and you can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. When I was first diagnosed, um, I remember the doctor asked me what I wanted to be. And in the, this is even in my medical notes, but, um, and I'd said, I want to be a lawyer. 
and uh and i was really like you know but i can't be now yeah because that's what i thought yeah. because of what she told me and she wow. said to me she said she said one of my closest friends uh you know has Tourette's syndrome and, and is a lawyer so like it is possible wow and she, that's she told awesome me that. yeah i had a lot of doubts with with what i could be and what i wanted to be and um until i heard somebody say that there was a, a lawyer or um, a neurosurgeon like the most consequential thing that you could be <laughs> or maybe one, one of the most consequential uh professions like you're literally operating on people's brains yeah um and you know it's just behind that effort but it all starts with that same thing right the same ownership of uh of what you got yeah i mean it's like what you sit there and like what you know when you were when you decided you wanted to lose weight um it could be that's similar to like just wanting to own your dreads like you're just sitting there frustrated and then you can just decide like you know what yeah i'm gonna still go after what i want here yeah and um you know and just like not let it get in the way because like we said it kind of gets more in your head than anybody else's like yeah big time it ticks yeah 100 man and like you know like we just said like we both were able to get get past that you know go towards our goals um have families and you know regular lives like yeah yeah it's 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 a life sentence but you get to choose what your sentence is big time like yeah you get to choose how uh how you how you address it and what you make of that life sentence you know and it's almost, you know, it's almost nicer, um, in a way to be, uh, where I was, you know, 10 years ago. And so then reaching where I am now, it feels so much, I'm, I'm feel so much more happy because yeah, I know what the other side of it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. when you do it, it really motivates you to, to, to keep going. Yeah yeah and that's what people should know it's time and it's like nothing happens overnight just got to work at it yeah it's a it's a beast for sure when you first encounter it and like when when you were first diagnosed was that something that you did you ruminate on threats a lot i like had an identity crisis immediately leaving the doctor's office i I feel like really yeah and i felt like so stigmatized like i i didn't tell anybody yeah kept it to myself completely what about your family I, I didn't tell my family i didn't tell anybody. holy smokes really nobody nobody i tried to tell wow. my family doctor when, uh you know later that year um but he told me it was oh right allergies so, yeah so I, it was that's no talking to anybody about it i thought to myself anyway who was the first person you told uh a friend of mine who i ran into um on campus just what made you tell them i asked i mean i didn't really tell them i kind of like asked if they knew what it was uh because i didn't really and i was just like do you know do you know anything about this and they were like no i mean other than that you yell and scream or whatever you know because that's what everyone thought so 
I was like, well, I'm not going to say that I have this then because yeah. <laughs> people think that. So, so you didn't tell them. I didn't tell them. No, I mean, the, I couldn't tell you who the first person I told was. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. For me, my, my family all knew, but that was by proxy that my mom and dad were there when I got diagnosed because I was 10. Um, but the first person I told, I think was a good friend from like my best friend at that time. But outside of that, nobody knew until that time when I started working out and stuff like that, because my Tourette ownership and fitness both went up like in, in, uh, in, in parallel. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's important for sure to, you can, you can basically get, you can hack what, what, what the point of the podcast is giving you a hack for, uh, yeah. for how to get over it really. And like, I didn't even really talk about it for, um, you know, from 2000 and I guess 2008 or 2009, um, until 2019, it was literally 10 years that I just kept it to myself. Uh, when, and then I finally got my psychologist and I was able to like literally talk about all of my experiences, all of my tics and everything. It was the first time I was able to completely open up and he just, he understood and he listened and he like agreed everybody else yeah. that I had ever told before that, you know, it was kind of like, you don't have that. You don't have that. Like, you know what I mean? Was a, yeah. was a lot of that there's a lot of dismissive uh responses and so like imagine where your life's going to be in five years now like how much better it's going to be even even then it's yeah. only been two and, years yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited about um my future and i know that i think like i wish that i did this everything i'm doing now i wish i did uh you know in my 20s yeah. but at the same time uh, it doesn't really matter. It's better late than never, I think. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, as long as you get to where you want to go, then it's not even that late, bro. You got tons of no, time. You're in your prime. I've, I've got lots of time. It's just, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like I wasted a lot of it. I feel like that too. I feel like a that lot. too. Yeah. yeah. I think, every, I think, I mean, I understand for sure. And I think it's important, but that also helps with like your ability to move forward with the future, you know? I feel that too, that I wasted a lot of time. Um, and I, I always feel that way though. Like every time I'm doing something that's not productive, <laughs> I'm like I know. wasting time. I have this like ticking clock in my head where I just feel like I need to get things done. I know, me too. And I'll like, I'll like go to bed super late and then I'll wake up at, you know, 6am every day now, just because I don't want to waste any time. There's so much to be done Almost, even if it's yeah nothing you know <laughs> even if it's yeah 100 well, that's funny man we're, we're very similar in that way for sure then because uh and i don't think a lot of people feel that way but i think um that's the way it feels to be driven and i think uh people with threats have a unique opportunity this is the way i view it this is the way i view everything but with threats you have a unique opportunity to be driven because you probably already have quite an obsessive personality and if you can if you can channel that obsessiveness into something that that works for you in a way like it's a, like a you can invigorate yourself with with the desire to be successful in whatever facet you 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 choose like you you have an advantage i completely agree with that and i think that you also have a unique perspective um on like i guess 
just like life in general and it's it's easier to relate to people i think 100 percent. like uh and be and empathize with people that yeah. might you know have so something going on um yeah and i think just being people being like able to uh, relate to people and communicate with people uh it really can help with every aspect of your life like when do you when do you ever can can you ever do anything um that doesn't involve like another person you know what i mean like if even at yeah. the grocery store if you're talking yeah to, like yeah just be nice I, I just feel like it's easier it's it's i used to be hey, so you make, you're making a great point I used to be so angry um, yeah. about my about my Tourette's, right? And then yeah. once you look at it from the other perspective, you don't get mad at people. Like if people are taking their time, or you know something like that at the grocery store or whatever. Like I don't. That's even such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah, it does. It's one of those things that it, it helps teach you is is empathy because you can relate to, especially with well, no you can just relate better you're, you're more you're more empathetic and more understanding because you know like for me if i'm in a grocery store or when i was younger not really now um but if i was in a grocery store and sniffling and clearing my throat like crazy because of my Tourette's and I, could, I knew that was annoying but i couldn't stop so if somebody's being slow in a lineup to use your example i'm like whatever you know this <laughs> it's all good uh yeah you know yeah and especially if i see somebody um you know, with Tourette syndrome, I instantly just like accept it. It's not even a second thought, right? Where yeah. if you, you know, before, if you see somebody with corporalalia or something like that, like you might laugh about it even, to your, yeah. even if it's just yourself or like think to yourself, oh, that like that sucks or what, what's going yeah. on? Like, what are they saying? Yeah. Um, that just, those kind of thoughts just don't exist anymore. Because if, yeah. if, if people thought that way about us, then we wouldn't have been able to probably get to um, yeah. where we are now because it yeah. does take, it does take um, empathy from other people and acceptance as well. Yeah. Like you said, when you went into your job interview and you told them about it right away, uh, you know, their response to that was like a positive one. Yeah. They could, like they could understand and empathize yeah. and get past it. If they couldn't, then where would you be? You know? Yeah, exactly. I think, I know uh, we'll, we'll close off soon here, but um, I think you'll find most people are quite empathetic and understanding uh, to your Tourette syndrome, so long as you provide sufficient explanation as to what's going on, right? Exactly. I was going to say that. As long as you let them know what's happening and even give them a little bit of information about it, about Tourette syndrome, then they'll understand and, and accept it for sure. Like yeah. you've never had anybody say it, like, I've never told anybody about it. And then they laugh in my face or make fun of me yeah. my face or something like yeah. that. Like no, it's, never. It's, most of the time, it's just like a non-issue and it's just like, okay, interesting. And then they just go on to what they were going to say. I remember telling my niece about it and she's five. Hmm. And she, obviously she doesn't understand it broadly or she doesn't understand it like to a T at all, but she understands that uncle Jimmy sniffles and, and twitches and I remember she asked me one time, um, why do I keep making that sound? And I said, it's just me. It's just what I do. I have Tourette's. And then she was like, Tourette's, Tourette's. And then, mm -hmm. it's like, 
it's just what it's and then my her uh her little brother echoed her and said Tourette's and then he's like Uncle Jimmy does it or something like that and then that was it and like even kids you know kids are kids are very understanding too uh so you just you just have to start start talking yeah that's it and then uh definitely the the road to the path to um overcoming the Tourette syndrome is just is like we said starts with just talking about it yeah knowing that you can get past it yeah setting a goal you know you have to have a goal like something to work toward yeah and then you can you know put it behind you 100 that's what i think 100 you good to go brother yeah man all right thanks uh thanks for coming on um and making the time when you're busy uh yeah thanks you too man i know you're busy <laughs> yeah new puppy new puppy for for the listeners and um it's not actually that busy but they do <laughs> sleep a lot just not during the night apparently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right man thanks yeah yeah take care man you too another great episode of the books we hope you enjoyed the show if you enjoyed the podcast remember to share it we have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future you can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.